You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Some years ago, I first met James Woolard. He is the stadium PA announcer for Seattle Sounders FC. There was a guy before him, but now he's the voice that you hear when you enter, when you exit, throughout the entirety of the match. This is the guy who's talking to you, even though you might never see him, unless you look up to the corner of the stadium and can see through the weirdly shaded glass. He reached out. We just like stay in touch, talking soccer stuff and just goofing off together a little bit online, and it made sense. I interviewed him years ago for another podcast I host called So You're in Seattle, and that was a great talk. This time, much more soccer-specific. Fun to delve in to find out what a guy's job looks like behind the experience that maybe we take for granted a little bit because it's all so seamless and flawless. Here's a fun conversation with James Woolard. Okay, are you there? I'm him. <laughs> I'm a lot louder than you are. You have that silky, deep, bassy voice. Mm-hmm. Born that way? <laughs> yes, as a baby, I spoke like this. That would be so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very freaky. When did your, I mean, obviously at puberty, your voice changes and stuff. Yeah. But like, when did you realize that you had like a crazy, awesome voice like this? Actually, you know, the funny thing was it was back in England mm-hmm. in the late 90s and I was you know, by that point, late 20s, I think. Yeah, whatever. Recollect. (laughs) But I was certainly quite old before anybody ever said to me, oh, you know, you could be on radio or you could get into voiceover work or something like that. And I honestly never occurred to me. I mean, for a start, the accents, obviously, in Britain, everybody's got the same accents. And, <laughs> you know, like when you come here, people will say, well, I love your accent. But in Britain, everybody's got the same accent. But I guess, you know, the tone of my voice wasn't wasn't until the late 90s that someone said you should try getting into that. Does anyone ever say to Americans in Great Britain, do they ever go, wow, cool accent? <laughs> they do say you have an accent. They don't necessarily <laughs> say you have a cool accent. But, Great. Sorry uh, to interrupt. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so okay, so you were you were well along in your life before you like before you connected those dots. Yeah, actually, uh, I, and I, you know, it took me a few years before even actually doing anything about that. Um, so it was, I think it was two thousand two thousand one that I did my first voiceover work, yeah. and then when I came to the states in two thousand two, more and more people said you should do you know voiceover stuff, and so I yeah, because then you're started, unique. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. With the accent and everything. So I got uh, excuse some... Excuse tr- me, fake accent. Oh, f- <laughs> yeah. That goes back to a tweet from a Timbers fan in 2011. <laughs> he basically said, is the stadium announcer British or is his accent fake? I don't know what would be more annoying. So a friend, 
from then on, I've you know played with the joke that I have this fake accent. Um, anyway, so back in 2002, I came here. I got some training in the voiceover industry from a professional uh, local lady, uh, Veronica Wykell, who's actually pretty well known in, in hey, the voice industry. shut the front door. You know her? I work with her. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So <laughs> she was my first voice coach, Veronica. And <laughs> it was through that that I actually got to, you know, get into the industry. So she- her husband, um, you know, did my demo and everything. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I got, an, uh, got my agent back in 2005 and started working. So, yeah, I'm still in touch with Veronica. She said, uh, yeah, yeah, same. She just sent me yeah, in. I mean, she's I, so I, sweet. I still work with her, so I guess yeah. I would be in touch with her. But. She lives in Monroe now. She used to live in Wallingford. And, um, yeah, she used to run weekend coaching sessions. And, you know, I knew that if I wanted to get into the, into the business, I should learn from the best. And she was touted as the best. That's so cool. Yeah. (laughs) All right, enough goofing off. I guess we should properly get underway now, dude. When you show up to a Seattle Sounders FC match, you're going to hear a very handsome British voice speaking to you over the loudspeakers from the time you get there till the time you leave. He's James Woolard, and he's joining us today. Hi. Hi, Greg. Hey, thanks for coming in, man. We really appreciate it. We like to start off... Uh, like we like to invite someone who actually knows what the crap they're talking about. So uh, thanks for joining us today. Sure. Now we like to start off with just a simple thing to get people to understand a little bit more about you before we dive into your specific okay. uh, job, and that is uh, with three questions. We want to okay. know in order who's your favorite of all time, uh, soccer squad, football squad, whatever that is, mm-hmm. in any country, any planet, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, who your favorite ever sounder is, and who your favorite ever soccer player in general is. So let's start with squad. Well, I'm going to say the 2014 Sounders squad, the one that won the Supporters' Shield. Because coming from Britain, I always value the fact that the team that gets the highest number of points throughout the whole regular season is, in my opinion, the best team. And we were the best team that year. And it was a combination of Obafemi and Clint uh, together, and it was just fun to watch. Had a chance to interview Obafemi Martins last summer. Uh, really? He's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Uh, the charity game? God, yeah. First of all, make Super sure to go nice to the Zakawani and Friends charity soccer match. I'm sure he'll do it again this summer. Uh-huh. It's so much fun. Uh, I also, Chad Ochocinco was very intimidating, but funny. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, that was a great season yeah. because you watched the team be so good the whole time, yeah. only to have it like pulled out from It is of. fun to see a consistently good team that uh, is not plagued by injuries. I hope that as MLS grows, we can make a bigger deal about how important the Supporter Shield is. Yeah. Because yeah. that's really a good mark of who the best. Like right now, LFs, I think so. Yeah. I think so. I mean, and it's a very American thing to emphasize playoffs. Every, and I'm fine every, with that. every sport has them. And it's they've grown on me because I feel like it's a second chance for many teams. Um, it's a great narrative. It yeah, creates it this is. awesome story. It, and like, so I'm in. Reboot. Now, tell me, who's your favorite ever of all time Seattle Sounders FC player? Back to Obafemi Martins again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, he just, he worked magic on the field and he was just brilliant to watch and fun to watch. And then his goal celebrations were hilarious. His overflips. So, yeah. Uh, I'm going to add one more extra question at the end here. Okay, yeah. Um, Who's your favorite soccer player of all time? Looking back to when I was in England, I have to say the one player that stood out for various different reasons was Eric Cantona, who yeah. played for Manchester United. I loved the fact that he was a skillful player, um, first of all, um, and he was part of an amazing Manchester United team, which I'm not actually a supporter of or a fan of, to be honest, but he was just a standout player on that team. But also he's 
he's kind of different. He is a really smart guy. I don't know if you know, but he's a poet. And he's um, just an interesting person when people interviewed him. And even now today when people interviewed him, and he's, he's regarded as a god of, especially in Manchester, but you know, in, in Britain as a whole, he's, he's regarded as one of the most legendary players. Obviously, he's French, but you know, we'll allow that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a great answer because lots of times people's soccer um, – perspective is yeah. all based around Seattle Sounders, because, yeah. which is great because great to have people here mm-hmm. in the squad. Yeah. So you might say, like, Casey Keller is my favorite all- yeah. of all time. Or like That type of thing it often lands real close to home. Or sure. or it's one of the more recent, the Ronaldos or yeah, the, yeah, that, yeah. that type of thing. Um, and then, okay, that was a player. Now, <laughs> I think I know the answer to this already, <laughs> but of all players that you, whose names you get to say over the speakers <laughs> every day, what's your favorite name you've ever said? I actually used to really like saying Maro Rosales when I would roll those R's. I don't know if he um, actually said that himself, but I used to, in my delusional mind, like to think of him saying Maro Rosales. Ah, that's amazing, dude. <laughs> and of course, Obafemi Martins again. Obafemi is so much fun. Just, you know, Obafemi, four syllables. Anybody who's got four syllables bonus you know uh all respect to brad evans and brad smith but you know brad's a little too short you know for the pa announcer it's bradley maybe. <laughs> bradley i guess yeah i could say bradley and i like to imagine saying <laughs> for harry ship i want to i want one day to say it in a cockney accent harry because <laughs> it like, sounds so yeah, it sounds so east end london harry ship with the goal <laughs> oh man you gotta get oh, you just gotta slip that in one time if he's on a streak <laughs> that will probably be my last game do you think so do you think they, <laughs> no. would, do you think they would notice if i didn't say anything they might yeah. not notice <laughs> if they don't listen to this podcast i could, see, I could do it when he scores his next goal harry harry <laughs> Harry. Harry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just do one of them because you yeah, do it three times, right? And I just say, eh, it's my British accent. Oh, it just came through. What, yeah. part, of, what, part, of, uh, what part of England are you from? But, what's that? What part of England are you from? Uh, Cambridge, which is 60 miles north of London. Okay. Yeah. So, well, I guess we'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> it's close to London. That's awesome. What got you across the pond? Like, what brought you to Washington? Um, well, I'm in education, and I was a teacher at the time. And so, sure. actually, what happened was I went from England in '98 to the Caribbean for four years. What? I lived in Grand Cayman and worked in a, I get a school it. there. Worked in money laundering. That's yeah, what I yeah, did. yeah. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I was a teacher, legitimate teacher, sure. not. Not laundering any money, but um, and then in 2002, my contract there came to an end, and I decided where. Well, I actually, wasn't sure where I wanted to go. I considered other English-speaking nations like Canada, New Zealand, and randomly applied for jobs all around the world, and ended up getting a job in the Seattle area. So how phenomenal! Yeah, I know, and I really didn't research coming to Washington, or, but I feel like I hit the jackpot. You know, because it's such a beautiful state. Especially since the um, conditions here can be very similar to yeah, where you're from. Exactly. So it wasn't a hard... It was home from home in that sense, you know, climate-wise, weather-wise. It, it, every time I wake up here, it feels like, well, it could be in Britain. You know, scenery's different, but the weather's the same. Now, I should be clear about this. I'll do a proper intro or whatever. <laughs> but, but James is the as he alluded to, the voice of the Seattle Sounders mm-hmm. in the stadium. So when you're hearing what 
size bag you can and can't bring into the stadium. Yeah. You're the person responsible for yes. that. Yes. Yeah. I do all the reads that you'll hear, apart from the pre-recorded videos and stuff that go up on the big screen. Anything related to rules and regulations, announcements about the team, player introductions, substitutions, yellow cards, goals, which is the big event um, when those happen. Um, you only have to remember first names with that. Too. Exactly. I just need like, to Raul! say, yeah, or <laughs> like today, you know, Jordan scored. So it was like number 13, Jordan, and the whole crowd chants back Morris. So it's like a, I love a when big post, game of Simon Says. I love when you post the videos of that happening. Uh-huh. So we only, like, because you can't really hear the outside very well on the yeah. videos. You just yeah, hear yeah. you going, yes. you know, I'm animatedly at, talking. Exactly. I'm behind a glass screen. So I'm like in my booth. And, um, yeah, I sh- it wasn't until recently I actually realized that the crowd joins in on when I say goal as well. I used to think they only said the last name, but now when I say Sanders FC, goal, yeah, everyone goes the nuts. whole crowd says goal with me, which is really cool. Oh, that is so cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have a lot of like a lot of different directions we can go yep. with this because I don't sure. know if we should go um, if we should go to the practical and what you actually do, or if we could talk about the philosophical a little bit more. Well, let's, yeah, let's start whatever with, you want. Let's start practically bit of both. Yep. because I think as a person who is fascinated with big events and mm-hmm. the hype and the atmosphere, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you need somebody to create that. Mm-hmm. I, I know how to time together actually. Okay, there's a there's a movement in American soccer coverage. Uh huh. That they're trying to make more Americans be the stars of it in terms of broadcasting, in terms of the okay. voice of things. And okay, then, so I'm host then. <laughs> well, but then ESPN goes and hires John Champion, one uh-huh. of the – for me, he's the best play-by-play yeah. um, um, host in the world. Right. Like I can't think of anyone that I like better than uh-huh, him. And uh-huh. proper British voice, he's yep. just wonderful. I really yep. get excited to hear him. Yep. I was surprised to hear him come to MLS. Uh-huh. They must be paying him handsomely, or he must really want to live in America for a while or something. Yeah, maybe. But then like you look at Fox Sports and they're hiring a ton of Americans to mm-hmm. do the job. Mm-hmm. Do you feel any of this as a British speaker? Do you does this impact you at all? Are you noticing this yourself? Do you worry about the sounders potentially going <laughs> with an American? Uh, as a uh, American-born? Yeah. Well, I am a dual citizen, so I am American and British, but obviously Sorry, having I tried, that... I tried to walk that back. Yeah, no, yeah. no, but I have that British accent, which obviously stands out, and I don't... It doesn't worry me too much. You know, I... The person I would fear is somebody with more talent. It doesn't matter what nationality they are, and I don't live in fear of that, you know, because I feel like my job is secure, but... At the end of the day, if anyone comes along who's got great talent, you know, I respect that. And I'm all you can do is keep working to <laughs> to stay the best you can be, right? Yeah. Okay, so you get there every day. We tried to set something up today, even, and like I'm pretty surprised that your day with a soccer match starts mm-hmm. so early. So mm-hmm. let's just work in some hypothetical numbers okay. here, so people can understand. Yeah. Um, seven o'clock soccer match. Right. A seven p.m. Seven p.m. Yep. soccer mm-hmm. match. Yep. 1900, as they'd write it in everywhere else <laughs> yeah, but 1900 here. 1900 hours. Um, 7 p.m. soccer match. What does your day, where mm-hmm. does your day start? What time are you parking in the fancy Sounders FC parking garage? Well, at a minimum, I need to be at the stadium two hours before, but sometimes I'm there three hours before. I, You know, there are a number of things that might affect the logistics of that. You know, I... If it's an evening game like a 7 p.m. and if it's a weekday, for example, I will probably get there earlier because I don't want a chance on the traffic. <laughs> uh, if it's a Saturday or Sunday, 7 p.m., 
I don't need to be too concerned about that. But then if there's something special happening at the stadium, like last Wednesday, for example, the Sanders FC Academy were being presented, a bunch of difficult names that I had to make sure I was mustering. I'm, you know, I'm usually there probably three hours before rather than two hours. There was one kid, I saw you post the sheet, there was one kid who's got kind of a... Um Kind of a maybe it's an Asian it was a Thai name, name yeah. Thai, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. And that one, like I read that myself with the yeah. pronunciation that Is they that, gave you like, a yeah. million times. Sorry. Yeah, so they give me p- phonetic pronunciation guides, which helps tremendously. Um, and most most languages are pretty logical. You know, you look at a name, but. It's not always the case. You know, you look at some names and the, and the actual pronunciation is way different. I mean, somebody who was playing today, like Lee Wynn for LAFC, his name is not phonetically spelled. N-G-U-Y-E-N. Yeah, yeah. And yet it's Wynn. So you just have to pay attention to that all the time. Um, so I get there two hours before, and um, I've obviously already looked at the roster way before the actual game. That's one of the things I do at least a day before. Um, and I've looked at a draft version of the sk- script today before, but when I get to the stadium, first thing I do is uh, go to the um, southwest corner of the stadium where they have what they call a, uh, what is it called? I don't know if it's got a name, but it's basically the control room for the whole stadium where they control all the sound and the audio with, within the stadium. Explain what that looks like. Uh, okay. Uh, it's a room about... 30, 40 feet by 30, 40 feet, sure. and it's lots and lots of computers, basically. This thing is uh, all screens everywhere. Yeah, like one of, side is glass, and the yes, other side is like all exactly. screens. Exactly. A whole load of, uh, um, what do you call it, Hot, the things that run the computers. Sure, the racks. Yeah, the racks of computers. Anyway, they're in a separate room, in a very cold room. Server. Me, yeah, it's the service. There you go. And then there's a whole load of screens, and all the guys that work on the action replays, the videos, etc. there. And then right at the front of that room is where I sit, and I'm with uh, the director of game day presentation. I'm with the DJ. I'm with the guy that operates the clock, etc., etc. There's probably about five or six of us in that front row. So I've got you know pretty good view. But we're right in the southwest corner of the stadium. Okay, so you're there two hours early. They uh-huh. give you a stack of paperwork yeah. that says, this is what you're going to read today? Yep, yep. So the script is typically 30, 40 pages of three or four reads per page. And I'm, you know, the, the difference between a play-by-play announcer versus a public address announcer, which is what I am, is that it's so scripted. Play-by-play announcer is talking ad lib. He's, you know, he's commentating on the game itself. I am literally going through a script, read by read by read by read, and it's timed precisely um, on my script. It actually has the times when these things are going to be read. So I will have somebody who cues me, you know, to read when, you know, when there's the CenturyLink crossbar challenge, for example, or if. Um, you know, the starting lineup, that has to be cued perfectly, etc. Um, sometimes it's coinciding with a video that's on the screen. Or the other night when they had the Sanders FC Academy on the on the pitch, they were, as you, if you were there, you would have seen the, the guys were coming up on the red carpet. So each name had to be timed exactly with what was the camera was showing on the, on the big screen. And are you 
are you reacting as you watch or is there somebody tapping you on the shoulder? Yeah, no, I actually have an assistant. Her name's Carrie and she, um, she can be my eyes. I have to really focus, um, on the script in front of me. So my eyes are generally down at that point. There are some times when I can look up and be watching, like, for example, if we're doing a substitution, I have to be alert because they'll literally put, you know, substitution up on the screen. At that point, I know that I'm supposed to read the substitution. And that's one of the few reads, which is completely ad lib. I don't have a script for that, you know, so I, it will vary from <laughs> substitution to substitution. Like um, today, I think Jordan Morris came off, so, you know, so I was saying making the next change or making their final change, leaving the game number 13, Jordan Morris. And I'll pump up his name, replaced by whoever came on. I can't remember who it was. Uh, Harry Wingo. Yeah, I think it was actually Henry Wingo. Yeah. Henry Wingo. Henry Wingo. Oh, damn it. Ari's going to nail me on no, that. No, no. Oh. Harry is short for Henry. You're good. Okay, You're good. good. Because he like he puts together a, a list of all the players that have been gotten wrong in the media, where people are who like, does uh, that? Uh, Ari Lewinwell. He's oh, uh, he's one of the uh, sports writers for yeah. this Saturday. So he always collects that. And hopefully, that one's already been done, so he won't, <laughs> won't beat me up on that. Damn it! You okay. know, it's so easy. I I watch a, quite a lot of soccer around the league, and um, because I have access to these phonetic pronunciation guides, I know how you should say most of the players. Yeah. Should because I don't always do it myself, but um, I notice when people are saying it wrong, you know. So I hear some of our players said wrong. You know, Christian Roldan is the one that's mispronounced a lot. We get that one wrong on this podcast a lot. Really? Roldan is what yeah, we get. Yeah, Roldan. I hear, I hear Roldan, and it's Roldan, um, and it's subtle, um, but you know. At least going off the phonetic pronunciation guides, that's how he wants it. Let's go tangential here. Yep. I don't understand when like, you have a country that's called Germany to us, uh-huh. but they're Deutschland. Yeah. And then I don't say Deutschland correctly, even for the... Yeah. Like, my pronunciation is just a little yeah, off yeah. because we don't work with those right, right. consonant combos as much as they yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then like, when a player comes out, like, am I supposed to say it the way that we would say it yeah. or the way or he the, would say yeah, it? Yeah, the Americanized version or the native tongue version. Yeah, because like if someone is a Spanish speaker, the mm-hmm. way that they pronounce Gutierrez is different than the way I pronounce it, yes. or whatever the name might yeah, be. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. Uh, Almiron is not. I don't. I don't say that correctly. Right. I. You know. Um, we w- uh, mentioned the San Jose game. One of the things San Jose Club does, which I think is really cool, is uh, each of the players has recorded on SoundCloud a clip. Uh, of him saying his name. Awesome. Yeah, it is an awesome idea. I don't know why club, more clubs don't do it, but it, it's really good. So I actually listened to those um, of those players saying their names. What was quite interesting, I noticed, was it didn't quite line up with the phonetic guide, the official other guide from the club. Um, so, you know, I guess there's, you know, mistakes out there and but I would. So then it becomes uh, which one are you supposed to say? The way the guy says I it or know. the way the club wants you to? Yeah. Um, How do you make that choice? Well, for our players, I always go off the guide um, because I haven't got that audio clip comparison. But I did once watch a video, you know, Christian Roldan being interviewed. And he literally said, hi, my name is Christian Roldan. So I've always gone with Don. And that matches up with with the phonetic guide. Uh, I think most of our phonetic guides are accurate. Um, the one that I've heard where there's some dispute, um, and this may come down to whether you're a native Spanish speaker or not, is Nicolas Lodero. Yeah. Um, I've, uh, I've heard some people say it should be Lodero rather than Lodero. The phonetic guide says Lodero, but I've had a, phonet- uh, a Spanish speaker say, no, you're doing it wrong. It should be Lodero. <laughs> 
So, <laughs> and I'm probably not rolling the R sufficiently. You know, but you so. do roll the R. Do you, I do try to. Do you do that? Well, on I the... do it with Raúl Ruiz Díaz, oh, which great. is kind of fun. Do you, and you do it in the stadium that way? Yeah, yeah. And I and I don't know. I've done it with Victor Rodriguez as well, well but it's harder one. to route to roll the R's on that. So because um, it's R to R, you're doing yeah, yeah. Victor Rod- yes. Rodriguez. And I'm trying to think. There was a previous player that we had. I used to roll his R's. Oh, I remember uh, Mauro, Mauro yeah. Rosales, which was <laughs> such a fun name to say. Some names are really fun to say, you know, especially if they've got more syllables, uh, multisyllabic names, or just. Um, you know, just interesting names. Uh, this is puts you on the spot. And yeah. I, don't, I don't like questions like this, but okay. uh, it's just how it goes sometimes. Are there some names that you just can't stand saying that are just so hard to say or ones that you trip so up on? hard to say? Hard to say or ones well, that give you the most problems. I, I, and I'm not yeah. trying to call anyone out for their well, name being hard or whatever. Raul Ruiz Diaz is <laughs> actually a bit of a tongue twister. Yeah. And uh, when they first introduced him at the stadium, they came up with this tagline, El Nuevo nu- Nueve, which I, I find hard to say. El Nuevo, Nueve, the 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 new nine. Yeah, and it was like, I've got to say this, and I kept repeating it to myself because it was El Nuevo, Nueve, Raúl Ruiz Díaz. It's like that could have easily caught me out, and I'm, it, you know, it makes you nervous when it's an introduction like that for the first time. You know, it's people are going to be listening. Yeah, it's like on Wednesday night with all those Sounders FC Academy players, most of most of whom I'd never actually pronounced their names before, so I just wanted to get it right. It's so crazy because no one thinks about this. Yeah. You just hear like news people who are reading a story yes. one time, they say it, they might get it wrong, someone's yeah, like, that's yeah. not right, but then you move on. Well, this is your- I'm my f- worst critic. Of course. And, um, even, you know, if I, if I make a stumble, I notice it. Um, but you're right, the crowd probably doesn't notice it, and most of the crowd would have had no clue how to say those sounders academy yeah. names so i could have messed up um but i wanted to get it right for the boys you know yeah, of course and i wanted to on and i'll be honest if if it's the opposing team and i mess up it doesn't bother me as much but if it's our team our players I, you know, it gets to me especially. Nothing, you strike me as the consummate professional, though, yeah. that if you were to mess up, even an opposing player, you're yeah. not going to like let yourself off the hook. Oh, no, no. I don't, you know, and I would never deliberately do of that. Of course. Um, but uh, what I'm saying is, like, I, I guess being our, you know, because it's our players, I'm particularly conscious of that. And yeah. I know that the fans know that too. Yeah. You know, when I'm introducing the opposing team, ECS turns literally turns their back and says who yeah. after I say his name. So they couldn't care less. That's crazy, man. I, to be frank with you, I've been to a lot of Sounders matches, yeah. and I've heard a lot of names called out, yeah. and I've never noticed the rolling R. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, I will ma- now. It'll stand out for everyone now. You mean on the row? Yeah. On any of them. Just like like the fact that like here, you're clearly rolling R's yeah. with, all of your, uh, with all the Latin names. Well, I think another aspect is when you're in stadium, there's so much extraneous noise around you, you probably can't hear it. So, and you know, that's another thing that allows me to um, not beat myself too much up. If, if I make a mistake, I know that... <laughs> The sound quality isn't great, and yeah. so you never, you know, you're not necessarily going to notice if I make yeah, a slight a giant mistake. Open air stadium, exactly. it's raining Lots half of the people time. talking. Maybe the weather's interrupting. I've had nine beers, and I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Too, too <laughs> the face of the person next yes. to me, yeah, and, and pra- probably your job is more crucial because you're live on air, and you know it's like the gap between music. You when you're listening to somebody on the radio, you hear that you're 
You well, know, great. You're going to feel under pressure now. Awesome. <laughs> no, it's what it comes down to is that um, I, I work in an environment where I can call out my mistakes. Yeah, not everyone yeah. not everyone does that because right. you're bringing attention to your own errors yeah, is yeah, not yeah, positive. That's, true. that's but true. That's just always been my approach. Like, come on, idiot, say it right. And then that's true. You it, can't get on the no, microphone. No, no, like, no. I literally, I literally have to plow through. In fact, I was told early on, whatever you do, don't apologize. Don't try and correct yourself. Just plow on through. You know, if you mess up a name, I mean, mangle it if necessary. Uh, but but don't be worried about. Oh, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you just can't do that. It's crazy because you do such a good job of it that it sounds like in the stadium that someone could be playing hotkeys in yeah. a like a replay box yeah. where it's like just like pushing. Well, the there is one thing that is pre-recorded, of course, and that is when when you're inside the stadium. The after I've first welcomed the uh, the crowd to the game, the first welcome, which often a lot of people are not even there for because it's about an hour before the game, but the. F- Immediately following that is all the announcements about rules and regulations yeah. and what you can bring into the stadium. And that's also the same script that uh, you'd hear if you're lining up outside the stadium. Yeah. In fact, that was, if this is a little tangential story, but <laughs> sure. I wasn't the stadium announcer for the first two years of the franchise. I'm aware um, of this. Yeah. So back in 2009, when the Seahawks and Sounders first contacted me, because at that time they were one business operation. They were looking for a stadium announcer. They'd seen me in a some other random video that I'd done for a voiceover and said they liked my voice, and I auditioned, but I didn't have any sports broadcasting experience or anything like that. And so, honestly, looking back, I probably wasn't ready at that point in time, but, uh, but they liked my voice, and they said, well, we'd like you to do the gate scripts, probably because I probably, you know, sounded easy to understand, somewhat formal, yeah. and they they just wanted somebody for that job. So I did the gate scripts for the first two years, and it was only um, when the pre, when the guy that originally got the job left in 2011 that I actually became the stadium announcer. <laughs> One thing, you said formal, and you giggled through saying the word formal, which yeah. I think is hilarious. <laughs> Irony. Um, secondly, uh, that guy, I remember... We used to go to Elysian Fields all uh-huh. the time before the match, yeah. and there was a couple times where that guy beat me to the bar going That's back funny. afterwards. And so uh, I was always like, "Man, your job is the best. You get to just get in there, read some scripts, and then come drink beers afterwards. Awesome!" Interesting. All right, hang out just a second here. We're gonna maybe take a break if they insert an ad. If so, we'll be back with more with James Woolard here next on the Full Ninety Extra Time Podcast. And if not, this is just super weird. This is all super cool, man. I, I guess I just think about the match starting. Okay, I get there nine minutes before the first yeah. kick. The team <laughs> comes out. We put our hands in the air and clapping together. Okay, yeah. great. I yeah, by like, that point, I've probably done 50 minutes worth of work already. Okay, yeah, so when does like when does the first script that you read drop? My first read is one hour before kickoff. Okay. So if you're inside the stadium at that point in time, you're well, A, you're in the minority, but B, you'll be after tell exactly when kickoff is because kickoff is not always av- as advertised like today's game was advertised as 12.30 but it was actually 12.38 kickoff so my first read was at 11.38 today so can I text you to find out what time the yeah, actual you could. kickoff happens yeah, very, okay, cool. very easily yeah. okay, I'm going to do that in the future because I always want to know you because- can get another drink in yeah, well, at Elysian <laughs> I'm painting I'm intentionally painting myself to sound like a real drunk in yeah, this, but, uh, funny. As, a, as a dad now I'm much more responsible yeah. than I used to be anyway you got uh, a space baby yeah exactly responsible for. exactly he hasn't 
been to a soccer match yet. Aww. We'll get them there. Make sure you get him year. some nice space baby well, yeah, earmuffs. We, we went to. Uh, I might have to order another set because we went to Belgium over the summer uh-huh. and oh, we saw a Formula, yeah, for one the Formula One. And the guy that we were rooting for drives an orange car, so we got him orange ones. You're the only person I know in America that, well, in my yeah, connected circle, yeah. world of circle that actually follows Formula One. Do and I, in England, it's huge. You, you think, know, because yeah. we don't have NASCAR, but Formula <laughs> One is huge. Yeah, it's. Um, uh, in, you think I like the Sounders, man? I am. Yeah. Uh, I'm a nut about Formula One. I should do well, a whole. Well, and podcast. the British, ra- some British racing drivers are really good. Back in the day when I was youthful, it was James Hunt. Do you remember yeah, James of Hunt? Of course. I, I, he was a. Uh, his time was before I was old enough to remember, okay. but uh, he was a, he turned TV commentator after that. They made a great yeah. movie. Did you see yeah. Rush? Uh, I think I it's did. It's about Nicky Lauda yeah. crashing and catching. Of course, f- Lauda, yeah. Yeah, in the 70s. face all burned up. Oh, and Terrible. he's still around. He just had a lung yeah. transplant, which I is I love Formula One. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because yeah, that, that old romantic era uh-huh. of Formula One where it was people really throwing cars around and like yeah. none of them finished and it was yeah. like people died, sadly. Yeah. But it was uh, now it's much more of a um, the smallest, my, most minute details change everything. It's a little less uh, romantic than it used well, it's to the, be. It's the fastest race car. Yeah, for real. I drove race, some race cars. Right? I, I've already gone over this on this podcast, yeah. but I drove okay. some race cars recently. Really? Um, and... It was crazy to just drive a super tuned up Porsche. Uh-huh. Porsche is what they're called. Yeah. And feel what driving 115 miles an hour on a short straightaway feels like compared yeah. to what those cars do is like nothing. Yeah, what but do I they was go like, wow. over 200? Uh, there was a guy today who went 352K, uh-huh. which is about 220 miles yeah. per hour. Yeah, they are is, flying. Now, the Indy 500 is coming up here in a few weeks. That They go, the, the Indy cars on a oval circuit go faster did you see i think it was an accident at monaco he was coming down the straight and it was a corner and instead of taking the corner he went flying through the air actually i'm not sure it was formula one but it was similar cars yeah literally flying through the air into the side of this building and it was an absolute miracle nobody was killed even actually it was a female driver i remember now it wasn't formula one um but she survived, and the crowd survived, and the car was just like left suspended oh, above yeah, the yeah. crowd. I know what you're talking about. It was the Macau Grand Prix. Okay, uh, it was go. just like six months ago or whatever. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Macau. Yeah. Uh, and it hit like a television rack yeah, where yeah. they're at. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. That yeah. was cr- I know exactly what yes, you're talking about. I the brakes failed. Several times. <laughs> yeah. Real heebie-jeebies. She, yeah. I don't know if she lost control or somebody hit her and she got out of control. Uh, it was what? a braking issue oh, where right. the yeah. car didn't, where it was a, she had a curb or something like that yeah. and the brakes didn't fire and then the curb sent her into Yeah, she looked airborne. like she went like a rocket into the side of the building. Broke her back, like it's like a, yeah, I, I think she. Yeah, she was young, wasn't she? Yeah, she was like 16 or something. Yeah, yeah something. Anyway. She tweeted later in the day she was fine. Yeah, exactly. She was in hospital and was, yeah. oh, it was okay. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yes. that's, a, that's a whole other mm-hmm. thing. Because yes. they, I mean, they have the they have the track announcers for Formula One also. Yeah. They, this is like a, like, and they have um, the English voice is I think someone that they bring with them to mm-hmm. do all these different tracks because they have yep. like a, a play Renter by- Renter voice. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess in, at some capacity, if you just need the, you, you, you were saying that you were first hired to do the entry stuff, the gates yeah. and stuff. Okay. Script. And that's just recorded and played. Right. That was recorded in a studio, so I never never physically had to be in the stadium for that. Um, I did sub in one time in 2009. I was the PA announcer 
for a game against Chivas USA in September 2009. So I can say I was the PA announcer in the first season of The Sounders, but I wasn't the official announcer. I remember that, dude. Yeah. Because I remember, like, (laughs) as you can remember how awful I was. No, not at all. uh, I I have this. as you can imagine, with what I do, it's all audio. Yeah, you're, you're paying attention. And so I, I just like like that stuff. I'm yeah. just, thus we're talking now. Uh-huh. I'm just um, I'm curious about people speaking. And so when I hear famous voices on commercials mm-hmm. on TV and stuff, yeah, I, yeah. I like I have a knack for picking that yeah, out. And yeah, so, you're similar to me. I ever since I started doing this, I pay close attention to people on the radio, people doing TV, radio commercials, yeah. anything like that. Announcers, you know, I'll go to Mariners and I I'm partly there for the baseball and partly there to listen to Tom Hutler, you know. Do you know Tom? I have never physically, you know, I've never met him. I think we're connected on social media, sure. but um um I want to give a shout out actually to the Seahawks announcer, um Randy Rowland. Yeah. Uh he's been doing it for like over a quarter of a century, but when I first got the job with the Sounders in 2011, he was one of the first people I'd re- reached out to for advice and kind of like, can you help me? I'm newbie. I'm pretty green. Uh, got any tips? And um, ever since then, we've probably met at least twice a year for lunch. Um, but what did he, he reached say? It. Pardon? What did he say? Well, you know, he actually just like gave me some basic voice tips, kind of similar to what Veronica was, was coaching me on. But because being an announcer is a little bit different, you know, from maybe reading for a radio commercial, you know, he, yeah. he just... It, it's hard to remember exactly what he oh, advised me on. You know things like um, articulation of your voice. The um, gosh, I'm drawing a blank now. No, no, it's fine. Man. I'm just curious if he, yeah, if he yeah. gave you something prolific. No, it, it, was, it was like it imagine was, It was a little naked. bit of practical advice. It was mostly just encouragement. You know, you've got a good voice. Um, this is some things I do. Um, this is what you know. I think you should do and I remember we met for lunch and he was literally reading the lunch menu as if he was the announcer you know it's like <laughs> giving me tips because it was good for me to just listen from yeah. pros at that point in time what a great guy yeah he's been super nice to me I find it so interesting this is this is not a quality comment about anybody uh-huh. but I find that um, I'll put you on the spot yeah. but uh, I find that your voice fits the sounders mm-hmm. environment mm-hmm to my ear a little bit more naturally than mm-hmm. Randy's does the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. He's such like a fun sounding yeah. friendly guy and yeah, football yeah. is so like yeah, that, yeah. that it's uh, the juxtaposition it probably works for him really mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. But yours fits in kind of seamlessly uh-huh. and his stands out a little bit more. Yeah. Um, you know there in the PA announcing world <laughs> um, there's I think there's the the classic sound is more like the monster car truck guy yeah. sound, and I'm not that at no. all. Um, I'm, a, you know, you, I laughed at the word formal earlier. I am a little formal, I guess, in the way I um, read my scripts and stuff. But and I don't, you know, I don't sound like somebody. If you went to a basketball game, you know, everything's very almost cheesy sounding to me. Yeah. Um, but if in soccer, I think you just got to be straight, you know, not well, maybe not formal exactly, but just deliver it. Uh, obviously, deliver it with enthusiasm, um, clearly articulating, nice sounding voice. But it doesn't have to be all cheesy, like Oberfemi Martins. You know, it's like <laughs> Oberfemi Martins. That's what I would say. Is or Clint Dempsey. Yeah. 
And you don't have to necessarily go up and down like they do. That's my. That's my. That is the. I should do basketball because <laughs> that is yeah. my bread and butter. Is my. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is the hardest thing for me to work out of my <laughs> out of my <laughs> delivery, which is crazy. Oh man, I can, it must be so fun in that booth up there, and you must work with the same people all the time. Is a yeah. little family of people up there. They're probably about twenty, thirty people around me, uh, which is probably surprising to you know people listening to this podcast. They probably think it's just like me and a couple of other people, but because it's the sound control room for the whole stadium, there's a lot of people up there. Um, it is fun. But you have to be kind of subdued in your enthusiasm because because if if I start screaming uh, goal and it's not actually a goal, you know, like oh, whoa, whoa, you know, like if you start screaming, you're going to distract all the other people who are literally working behind you doing their job. Yeah, yeah. So um, yes, there's enthusiasm, but it's not like in the stadium enthusiasm. Yeah. I don't necessarily feel like I'm a true fan when I'm sitting in the booth. Obviously, I, I'm supporting the team. Says the guy wearing the parlay jersey. Yeah, yeah. With I wear a- all the gear and everything. I am a fan. I'm definitely a fan, but you can't be um, kind of out of control fan. Of course. Um, you have so it's be- press box, you can't be even happy in the press box. <laughs> well, in the, in, and then and then in your booth, it's a probably a little bit like you're not around. Well, it's a working people. environment. Yeah. Um, you, you just have to be aware of that. But, you can be happy in the press box. But, you know, joking. there are moments definitely when that it's hard to control your emotions, you know. Like even today, you know, today it ended up being a 1-1 draw, but we very nearly actually got a winning goal right at the end. I think it was Brad Smith. Um, and Jordan Morris so on like, the combo yeah, there, it yeah. Down to the end, and it was like, this is really exciting, and you know, and we were. I, I most of the time I'm sitting down, but I was standing up at that point. Um, and, you know, microphone. I was very excited. Microphone strapped to your face, right? Yeah, I have a head headphone thing, and then the microphone literally. Does anyone comes talk in front to of you? My, nope. On the I headset. I yeah. So mine's not really. I don't have a headset like yours. It's literally a hook over the ears okay. and a mic separate mic which okay. is actually super easy to control i have a a separate button which i press when i speak and then when i release my finger i'm not hot at that point are you practicing when you're not when the mic's not hot are you like going over names again yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. That? yeah 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 that's great so when something happens mm. you're very scripted in everything yeah. that happens until until something happens yeah, yeah. Until something so if there's happens. a goal um even that somewhat you know there is a you know a certain script that i would read Sanders FC goal scored by number 13, Jordan, but the precise timing will, you know, is unpredictable. So Now, does somebody have to give you the thumbs up to do that? Do they- yeah, so Kerry, she would literally tap me on the shoulder or whisper go, and I would go. And it would coincide with the video. Okay, so then she gets, like somebody has to like... Um, to to say like, okay, th- count that, that's a goal, yes. we're ready to roll the thing, let's go. There's yes. like a director so- or something. Like I said, there's several people. There's 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 the DJ and the guy that controls the volume and the sound. Then next to him, there's somebody who's communicating with the people down on the pitch. So they're getting the official notification that was definitely a goal. Then there's the director of game presentation who's cueing the guys behind him, and he's cueing me. Well, actually, he's cueing Kerry yeah. to cue me. Um, and I also have a Sparta. There's various different people around me, but we don't make a goal announcement until it's official. And you'll notice Soundwave, the band, plays for about 
40 seconds before I make a goal announcement, which is actually really good. It helps us with, because with the introduction of VAR and the possibility of goals being overturned, um, it does give us that little window if there's any uncertainty, which has happened once or twice uh, since VAR in, was introduced. I noticed when I went up to Vancouver, you probably noticed this when you were there, when Vancouver goal, uh, when Vancouver scores, the announcer immediately Immediately, like within a split second, Vancouver goal. It's like, and I always thought since the introduction of VAR, you're going to get caught out one day. Yeah, you're going to say goal, and you're going to have to look silly because you're going to have to take that back. Or you're going to look silly because that you didn't notice the guy has the flag up exactly. and it was offside. Yeah, it was offside or something like that. So I love the fact that we have that padding of about forty seconds. Sound wave yeah. plays. The players celebrate amongst themselves. And then I do the goal. You guys are like NASA with your redundancy. You have like all these different layers you have to get through before <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. your voice booms out yeah. over the stadium. So when Soundwave finishes, that's my cue to to announce the goal. Okay. Now, when you're getting there and you're getting all set, do you have to check the system to make sure everything's good to go? Do you give it a um, Seattle Sounders? And uh, I don't do that normally, but sometimes they'll be on the field rehearsals, so I am actually. Um, I might have to read the the anthem cue, for example, for the national anthem person. Because we at the Full 90 Extra Time podcast mm. would really love to have a stadium recorded <laughs> hot garbage. Or hot rubbish. Yeah, yeah. Either either way, we could hot go- Hot garbage. That could go either way. One more time. Hot, hot garbage. garbage. That's amazing. You sound so Hot good. garbage. Um, but I want to hear that booming out over the- Like, my dream is to hear it booming out over the speakers at CenturyLink Field without offending everyone that's there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know if you ever practice when it's empty and then you, you get a take of that or whatever. It's just a silly <laughs> uh, a silly daydream that this stupid podcast would make, uh, would make an impact somehow. So, uh, today is going to be hot. <laughs> <laughs> James, thanks so much for taking the time to tell sure. us about what you do, man. That's great. Hot, Hot garbage. garbage. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you.